0: Happy Sunday, happy Sunday, happy Sunday. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Let's give Him a stand ovation for His blessing on our life. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. For all of you. Happy Sunday welcome Hi, my name is Miles Pastor of the Rock Church. Welcome to church today. If you just gave I want to um, let 's celebrate God for how he's going to honor your faithfulness for what you just did come on let's go come on amen excited about today a uh, couple of quick announcements. Um, uh, this Friday, I'm going to be speaking in Spanish, doing a sermon uh, at a church called La Roca, aquí in San Diego, in Chula Vista, and uh, it, it's a it's a it is a men's conference, and so it's just for the guys. And sorry, sorry, estoy muy nervioso porque estoy aprendiendo español, pero I'm going to do good. Hey, come on, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to tell you something. So cuando yo era un niño, mi papá me decía que yo era adoptado de Puerto Rico. When I was a kid, my father told me I was adopted from Puerto Rico, uh, and, it, and I knew he was joking. But because if, if you look like this in New York, you're Puerto Rican. And so, para todo mi vida he querido hablar en español. For, for my whole life, I wanted to speak Spanish. And, and then when I when I started the church, me di cuenta que yo um, cuando yo hablo en español, yo yo puedo establecer una conexión que es más poderosa. When, when I talk Spanish. Por eso estoy trabajando y estudiando los muy I don't know what he said, but it's good. Okay. But the reason I tell you this is one to invite you guys, but two to challenge you. Don't get settled for where you're at. Uh, because I'm going to go here, there's going to be 300 guys or so, and I'm going to be scared to death, right? But let's go, let's go. So if you're a guy, come on down there and, and support well, I me. Mean, I, I, it's very hard for me to understand when people speak Spanish to me, because I, I know what I got to say, but then I'm like, hey, see, see, see. <laughs> so you just, just got to work with it. You just got to work with it. Uh, the other thing is I want to say, um, some of y'all might have come here ready to get saved, and I want to um, give you an opportunity right now to receive Christ, because you came here, you've heard the gospel, you know Jesus died and rose from the dead, you, you, you celebrate Christmas and Easter, we, we, we get all that, but you know there's something missing, I'm going to tell you a very quick story, um, there was a guy, there was a, um, uh, a guy who had a, a golf glove, and the golf glove was sitting on the shelf, and the golf glove could do nothing without the hand in it. Until you put the hand in the glove, the glove has no power. You and I were made in the image of God so he can live in us and give us power. And when the hand goes in the glove, it moves the glove around gives it life, purpose and meaning. Without the hand, the glove is just dead. Without God in us, we're just dead. We're spiritually dead. And so when you ask Christ to be your savior, you're saying, God, come live in me. Give me purpose, meaning, your power, your love, your vision for my life. And so I want to give you an opportunity to just say, God, God, I want you to come live inside of me. I want you to be my savior. And I want you to do what you do and fulfill what you design me for. The glove does not design itself. Man designed it for a purpose. God designed us for a purpose. Without man's hand in it, it cannot fill the purpose. Without God in you, you cannot fill your purpose. Me end this? Does that mean you understand me? Okay, let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your patience. So many of us have lived our life rejecting your offer for a relationship. But we know in our heart it doesn't work out. If you realize that God loves you, designed you in his image so he can live inside of you, that the spirit of God could dwell inside of you and speak to you and love you and encourage you, If you believe that and you want that, just pray this simple prayer with me, a prayer to ask God to forgive you. Pray, dear God, please forgive me for rejecting you and trying to control my life. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my sin. Jesus, please forgive me. Fill me with the spirit of God. I want to be born all over again. Born of the spirit of God. As the eyes are closed and the heads are bowed, on all the campuses, as the eyes are closed and the heads are bowed, just raise your hand up really high if you prayed that prayer. God bless you. God bless you. Really high. Really high. Really high. God, hundreds of y'all. Hundreds of y'all. God bless you. 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 You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give those people a big hand. Come on, sir. We're gonna, I'm gonna gonna preach a message, then we're gonna have communion. At the end of communion on all the campuses, we're gonna have people at the altar to pray. So if you raise your hand, we wanna pray for you and help you in your relationship. Can I get amen? amen? Give someone a high five next to you. Give someone a high five. Okay, turn to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Galatians 6, verse 7. Oh, and also, if you can get out your cell phone as well. I'm sorry, get out your cell phone and just put it someplace comfortable because we're going to need it at the end of the sermon. Get out your cell phone. I want y'all to take a picture. Bam. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Galatians six. Um, anytime you want to be certified to do something, you have to take a test. Usually, if you want to get a license, you got to take a driver's test. If you want to go to law school, take the LSAT. If you want to go to medical school, take the MCAT. If you want to, when I was playing football, we had physical. Uh, exams. You had a a cardio test. You had an agility test. You had an endurance test. You had a flexibility test. You had a strength test. You had a speed test. It was just all these tests. And how you do on the test will prove, one, how faithful you've been studying or working out and preparing. But also, it kind of gives an indication of how well you're going to do in the job. What is the test that God gives you about your faithfulness with your money? There's a test. And today we're going to talk about the money test. Last week we talked about the money metaphor, so I want to do a review. And, but today I'm going to talk about the money test. Now, this is not my test. This is a test that God says is a test. And you can very clearly know whether you pass the test not only by what you do, but by how God responds to what you do. Because God says, if you do the test right, I'm going to respond in such a way you can't handle it. I'm going to respond in such a way you go, dang. Everyone say, dang. <laughs> You'll be like, what? Everyone say, what? what? Say, are you kidding me? How many of y'all want that kind of response from God in your life? Come on, come on. Okay, great, great. So, because if you don't, you don't have to do it. But if you want God to do something in your life that's that so, so much blessing, you can't handle it. Because that's what God said. That's not what Bible said. It's not what the Rock's trying to convince you. It's just what the Bible says. But let's, let's do a review from last week because it's very, it's very uh, important to lay the foundation from last week. Galatians 6, 7, 9, we talked about the uh, principle of sowing and reaping. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows or plants, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh reaps corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary. Say, Grow weary. Don't get tired of doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You gotta be consistent. Okay? Four things we looked at last week. We reap what we sow. If you plant an apple seed, you will always get an apple tree. You will never, ever, 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 ever. Everyone say ever? E V A. Say ever. You will never get anything but an apple tree. It's impossible. It's impossible. So what you put in the ground is what you're going to get out. If you reap, you reap after you sow. You can't grow the apple tree before you plant the seed. And it takes time. Things take time. Some things grow faster than others, but they take time. So you don't plant it and go, where's it at? You You have to wait. Okay, but you, you don't come up to the ground and say, got the seed in your hand, go, where's the tree? No, it has to be after you sow. So you can't guess God's blessing before you take a step of faith. By the way, whenever God tells you to do something, here's what we, like, we, and I say people, humans, because we like to know ahead of time what's gonna happen. We go, God, tell me what's gonna happen before I do, go, stay, take a step of faith. God said, I don't work that way. You gotta sow your faith, then I'm gonna react. But God, you know, what if I share my faith and they don't, they, you just gotta do it. What if I talk, listen, I've been all, all, all for like a month. I'm like, man, I got I to get the Spanish right because I can't, I can't mess up. I can't, I can't. And, 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 I, and I'm going to tell them in the very beginning, I'm going to say something wrong. They're gonna like, we know that. You already did. <laughs> when you walked in the front door. So you just got to take a step of faith and trust. Okay. Number three, uh, we reap more than we sow. One apple can produce an orchard. One step of obedience can produce everlasting life. You will always get more from what you sow into the kingdom of God. You always, you're like, God, forgive me. Okay, he forgives you of your sin. Do you know how, what that means that everything you've ever done is gone off your, and now you, you have clarity for your life and all you did was surrender Instead of prayer by faith, not the prayer, but the faith that that prompted the prayer, you always get back more than you you sow. And then you only reap if you sow. If you hold the seed in your hand or if you hold that step of faith back, you will never reap what it could have brought you. So you have to reap if you sow. So what is the money test? I want to start where I ended last week with an illustration with cutting this apple. Now last week, I almost cut my fingers off. If you weren't here, I had an apple and I cut the apple, but I had a knife. My wife was like, she was like this, he's gonna come, come home with nine fingers. So she gave me this right here. This is, this. Look at Home goods, baby, home goods. I hate that store. Home goods, and there's another one, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh my goodness, I can't go in those stores. I'm like, Debbie, I'll wait outside. I can't go in there, it's too many stuff. Listen, Bed Bath & Beyond, just forever. <laughs> It's just like we have everything. You get a car engine in this place. Okay. (laughs) I just can't go in there. I'm like, ah, and those people know where everything is at. Uh, Those are the AI people. I don't know what those people. So, so I want you, this is the resources God has given you. Remember we talked about when God blesses you with income, he is not blessing you to give to you. He's giving through you. When you give to the church, you're not giving to the church, you're giving through the church. That's how how we bless the community, okay? So, but there's a part of what you get, watch this, that doesn't belong to you. And now I'm not even talking about the part that goes to the government. You know they're going to get theirs. Even though we, you know, take take the tax breaks you can, but part of it, yeah, I gotta get to the government. You can't, you can't even say it right, government. Okay, so when you cut this, <laughs> hey, hey, mother still got nothing on me. <laughs> this right here got the seeds in it. You're not supposed to eat this. This doesn't belong to you. Now, some of this you can eat, some of this you can give away, some of this, but there is a part that absolutely does not belong to you. If you do not plant the seed, you will never have the orchard. You'll never have another tree. If you do not put money aside when you work, you will never go on vacation. You will never be able to retire. There's always a part that doesn't belong in your pocket. And when God blesses you, there is a part that belongs to him. And if you violate that, you fail the test. Now, if you pass the test and bless him with what belongs to him, everyone say it belongs to God. It's not something, hey, you know, if you, if, you, if, you find, if you find some generosity, just give me some. No, no, it doesn't belong to you at all. We're going to see that in a minute in, in the word of God. But if you, there is a part that has to be planted for the blessing to keep flowing. Look what it says in Malachi chapter, chapter 3, verse 8. It says, will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me. The only time you rob somebody is when you have something that belongs to them. But you say, in what ways have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. We're gonna talk about that today. You are cursed with a curse and you have, been, and you have robbed me. Even this whole nation bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this. His house is this house, through which he expresses his love to the community through which he expands the kingdom of God. The government does not span the kingdom of God. You got to pay him. The church is designed to expand the kingdom of God. The church is the hope of the world. As you watch TV and all the drama going on in politics and AI and, and global economic systems and digital currency and vaccines and, and planned pandemics, they're already telling you there's going to be another pandemic. I wonder where that's going to come from. And all this stuff going on, the only hope is the gospel. You just need to know that. You just need to know that. And I said a few weeks ago, you know, don't worry about who's in the white house. Worry about who's on the white horse. Presidents, the presidency is controlled by something bigger than that. Just so you know. Now, of course, different presidents believe different things, but there's a bigger, there's a bigger force above them. And, and then there's a bigger force above them, which is God. So the church is the hope of the world. This is not something we do and now we got to go deal with the the devil. No, we, the church, Jesus gave us all authority in heaven and earth. But we think so small. And so he says here, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me. Everyone say test me. This is what God says. This is the test. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that there will be no room to receive it. Now. Now. This is God speaking. How many of y'all want God to bless you where there's no room to receive it? Okay, listen, let me try this. How, y- y'all like, eh, yeah? How many of y'all believe that God would do that for you? Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Let's go. Let's go. So, so God said, "You feel a froggy jump." I mean, for real. For, uh, last week I asked. All campuses. How many of y'all want God's blessing to flow in your life and you want God to um, have uh, authority over your finances? All these hands rose up. We have documented 18 people. So let's go. You can't complain to God if you don't do what he says. Okay? Now, so number one, uh, tithe is the f- first 10% of what you receive. A tithe literally means 10th. Now the government's going to take their money and you might ask, well, do I tithe off my gross or my net? If you make $1,000, 10% is 100 bucks. But what if the government takes $333? God is more important than the government. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. Usually, tithe haters are the people who've never tithed. In other words, you're like... You probably never tithe. You probably never benefited from the blessing of tithing. When I was 24 years old, I got saved, and I was still playing football, and I had to tithe. And... I was like, dang, I got to give that much money? And, and trust me, we were making a lot of money. It was like, you know, it wasn't a fraction of what they make today. But still, it was good money. And God said, yep. I said, okay. And I've been tithing ever since 1984. And God is faithful. He's faithful. And so a tithe is a 10%. And now we teach about tithing. Tithing is before the Old Testament law, tithing is in the Old Testament law, and tithing is after Old Testament law. Before the law, Abraham tithe. Uh, Genesis 14, 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Melchizedek was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, the God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tithe of all. This is before the Old Testament law. So many people might say, well, that's the Old Testament. First, let me tell you about the Old Testament New Testament. Everything, the spirit, the spirit of everything in the Old Testament applies now. The spirit of. In other words, the Old Testament tells you to be generous. Does that apply now? Yes. The Old Testament says don't murder. Does that apply now? Yes. The spirit in the Old Testament, when, when they were out in the wilderness and they went to the bathroom, they had to dig a hole in the ground and cover it up and because they said they wanted to be cleanly, clean in the, in, the, in, the, in the camp where the people live, out in the wilderness. Do we got to dig a hole in the ground? No. But do we have to be clean? Yes. The principles all in the Old Testament. And then there are some things carried forward, which are very specific, like murder and lying and adultery are still very wrong. Jacob, 400 years before the law Tithe that says, "This stone which I have set up as a pillar shall be God's house, and all that you give to me, I will surely give a tenth. This is a principle before the Old Testament law that God was setting up. I want to remind you. I want you to remind. I want you to give you a discipline to remind yourself that it belongs to me, and I want you to practice. This is I, I call tithing a generosity starter kit. One of the best things you could teach your kids. It's to be generous. How many of y'all got kids? How many of y'all got kids? What you are going to realize, I'm going I'm to take something here. You're going to realize, I'm going to just use this little, what, what is it, a cutting board? A security board? security board? Security. Security. What's that, what's that thing with the cheese on it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, security, security, security. Can never say that word. How you say it? Charcuterie. Charcuterie, I said it for the first time in my life. You give your kids a charcuterie. <laughs> yeah, there you go, a cheese plate. There you go, thank you, thank you. So <laughs> we say it down south of the 94? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> my bad. Um, You give your kids something, and they grab it, and once they think it's theirs, they can't let it go. That's what we do. This is mine. God said, no, no, you have to have a discipline of letting go. I just want 10%. I want you to keep 90. Next week, we're going to talk about how the 10% blesses the 90. Oh, snap. Old Testament. Look what it says in the Old Testament. It says in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, chapter 26, it says, Then you shall say, so this is in the Old Testament law. Then you shall say before the Lord, I have removed the tithe from my house and also given them them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow for ministry according to your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of the tithe in the morning nor have I removed any of it in unclean use. I haven't used it in a way that's not pleasing to you. I haven't invested your tithe. The tithe is not for you to invest. It says, "Nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. For I have obeyed the voice of the Lord God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers a land flowing with milk and honey." Dear God, and this is what you should do every time you give. Every time you give, you say, "God, I am being obedient. Please bless me according to your loving kindness." Be, and by the way, anytime you obey God, God, I'm doing this out of faithfulness. I, I trust you're going to bless me. I trust you're going to honor. it. God wants that. He wants that reciprocating relationship. He wants you to understand, there's a give and take, that you're doing it out of obedience to him, not out of fear, not out of manipulation, not out of guilt. I'm doing it out of obedience. And, and God says, I will bless you, but you can't handle it. Now, does that mean if you give $10, you're going to get thousand back? No. You may get 11 cents. but you are so happy. Because you can get a thousand back and be miserable. How many of y'all have more, had the money you wanted and you were miserable? Okay, listen, let me try this again. How many of y'all had the girl you wanted and you were miserable? <laughs> How many of you had the guy you wanted and you were miserable? How many you had the car you wanted and you were miserable? The thing is not gonna make you happy. It's being satisfied in the thing. Because e- even sometimes when you get the thing, you think the thing is for you, and then you realize, wait, if I can share the thing, it's even, I see a more blessed when I share it. And so don't get caught up in that. Uh, after the law, Matthew 23, 23, woe to the scribes and Pharisees. This is Jesus talking. Hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, but have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Though these ought, you have, should have done without leaving the rest. You should have done tithing, but you should have done it with the right heart. Some of y'all are giving, eh, but you got an attitude. So you're planting in bad soil, and therefore it doesn't grow. I gave money, nothing happened. God's like, hey, you you had attitude. No, God, I'm giving this because I trust you. I trust you. Number two, tithing is a source of blessing to you and the ministry. Malachi chapter three. Uh, Let me me say this one point. There's There's a myth in the Christianity, especially, well, in Christianity, that we live by grace, so we don't have to do it. You don't. You don't have to tithe, watch this, watch this. Listen very carefully, please. And, and, and don't, don't, don't listen only to part of what I'm gonna say, because if you only listen to part of what I'm gonna say, it's, it's heresy. You don't have to pray. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. You don't have to read your Bible and you don't have to tithe. You don't. Now, you won't get the blessing of tithing, You won't get the blessing of coming to church. You won't go to heaven. And you won't understand what the Bible says to walk in God. So don't feel like I got to do this. God's letting you do this. He's giving you opportunity to be blessed. So when you say, do I got to do that? Nope. Just go about your business. How's that working out for you? How's it working out for you? God is saying, I have something that maybe you haven't, I have a blessing level that you have never experienced. Tithing is a source of blessing to you in the ministry. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God wants to bless you. Luke chapter six, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you good measure. Everyone say good measure. Good measure. Say press down. Press down. Say shaking together. together. Say running over into your bosom. Your bosom is like all this right here. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we gonna, we gonna give you a little something, something, something. I want you to imagine. Let me show you. Let me show you this, okay? This is the tithe. This is the change in your pocket that you put in the offering box. Just a little something. Here you, here you go, God. Little crumbs. And this is generosity. Look what the Bible says: "Given, it and will be given to you. Good down, good measure, shaken down, pressed together." Uh, press down, shaking together, running over in your bosom. Now here's your little tip that you get. It's not even a tip because tip is twenty percent. Tithe is half that. So you give you get the 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 weight just more than you give God. So watch this. <laughs> here's your here's your tip. Shake it, shake it, shake it, press it, shake it, multiply it. Let me open it up. Let me open it up. Poof. Nothing. That's it. That's your blessing. Don't get this. Don't get tricked. That's a communion cup. It's just a metaphor. Okay. You're working with the holy, holy communion. It's just juice and a wafer. Okay. This your tie. Oh oh, 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 oh! Come on now. Come on now. What? Press down, baby. Come on, press down. Shake it, 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 shake it. Oh, yeah. You know what's going to happen. How many of y'all want that to happen? Yeah, oh, you want want this, right? You want this, but you give this. Uh Uh-oh, now, there's some people out there who are generous. (laughs) There's some people out there that say, look, I'm gonna give my tithe, but you know what? God has blessed me. And we've all been there. We've all given, I shouldn't say we all have. A lot of us have, (laughs) all the time. And a lot of people in here who have given over and above and God has done this. He's shaking it down, pressed together, and he's going to wash. So the question is, what do you want? Do you give give of your gross or your net? You want God to bless your gross or your net? For all y'all who aren't up on taxes, if you make $1,000, that's just $1,000. Let's hypothetically make it really simple, $1,000 a month. Make it really simple, okay? You get, tax after taxes, you get $600, $600, $700. Don't get confused with the math percentages. Let's say $700. Well, I'm going to tithe up to 700 Okay, so God can bless your 700 And the only way he can bless your 700 is up to the 1000 He can just make you pay less taxes. God said, no, I want to I get paid first, which we're going to talk about next week. I want to bless you a 1000 There's unlimited blessing Potential. Because God is first. God is not your dog. You don't give him leftovers. It's backwards. You know, if you spell God backwards it's dog. (laughs) So when you treat God like backwards, you treat him like a dog. Hmm. Three, tithe is not giving but returning because it belongs to God. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 27, 30, all the tithe of the land, whether seed or land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy to God. Holy means set aside. Matter of fact, so when when you get compensated and there's a tithe, there the seed. Remember we talked about the seed? This right here. This doesn't belong to you. That's why the Bible says, why have you robbed me? You have something that's mine. Some of y'all have a bunch of money that's God's. It's not yours. My son, on, a, on, a, on a, one of my birthdays, he came up to me with a, uh, uh, a gift. and I was like, oh man, my son got me a gift. Oh man. <laughs> so I pull out the box, this watch. I'm like, hold up. That's my watch. <laughs> I lent that to you. How are you giving me one watch back on my birthday? <laughs> some of y'all give God some money. Say, hey God, look out, look, here you go. He's like, No, that's mine. It, it, you're not giving it to me. I just gave it to you to give back to me to let you practice giving. So then I could bless you for your faithfulness to give back to me. That's how it works. Number four, tithing is a heart issue, not a money issue. God has all the money in the world. You know, the United States printed the, and don't get me, don't quote me on this, but it was something like the United States in the last four or five years printed more money than we've ever had ever in the history of of the country. You think the United States got money? Do you think God got money? It's not a money issue. God, a lot of times we look at, here's all I make and here's, no, God has infinite resources. And it's not only money, it's opportunity, it's open doors, it's jobs, it's careers, it's vision, it's relationships. It's way beyond what it, what it, what's on a dollar bill. But part of, someone asked when we, when, we, when we do fasting, someone says, what does not eating have to do with being spiritual? I said, you have to stop eating to find out. Because until you stop eating, you're not going to realize. It's not about, well, if I stop eating, I'm going to go hungry. I'm going to die. Brother, you got 401k, retirement, fat all over your body. You got years of of energy, years of of stuff stored up. Potato chips, burritos, all kind of stuff all over here. Don't worry about that. It's about thought. When you stop eating, God opens up visions and the heavens to your life. It's way more than food. This is the same thing here. God's going to open up. I don't have to hold. I can stop clenching everything I have every day. I'm stressing because I don't want to lose it. Let it go. I don't, we don't have to tie. We get to tie. Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. Here's what we're going to do. Take out your phone, if you will. I think. Hopefully you have your phone near you. We're not gonna tell you to give anything now, though you can, because I think some of y'all, God is speaking to you saying, you know what? You owe me some stuff. Remember, you're not giving to us, you're giving through us, to the community. We feed the poor. We minister to people all over San Diego and Hawaii, all over the world, because of what you did. Pay for all this, because of what you give. All the campuses we have. Just looking at another campus in Chula Vista. All this stuff costs money. And it's because of your generosity. It's because of the doors that God has opened to us to minister to San Diego. But at the end of the day, it's really about you and God. Because when you and God are right, God blesses you. Way more than you could ever ask or imagine. And so I want to encourage all of you. We're going to pray here in a minute. And we're going to take communion. To just check your heart. Are you being faithful with what God has given you? Or are you robbing him? There was a pastor friend of mine, his daughter was dating a guy and she said, I want to know his tithing records because I don't want my daughter marrying a thief. What? (laughs) I don't want to be a thief. And so we're going to put up on the screen and then we're going to pray and take offering. I mean, take um, a communion. If you could put up on the screen the tithing information. Now, I would like y'all to take a picture of that or text that and get that link and go home and pray, Lord, what do you want me to do? Am I going to be faithful or am I not going to be faithful? It's one or the other. There's no in-between. And you may think, I don't know what to do. Well, try 10%. Well, try 5%. But start doing something and watch what God does. Watch what God does. Just text GIVE to 5. You'll get a link and, and then start doing it. As I told you, thousands of y'all, thousands last week said, "I want to, I want to do this," and we only have, we only know about 18 now, now. Maybe some of y'all in process, great. But the question I want you to ask yourself is, how am me and God in this? Am I being faithful to my Lord? Am I being true to what He's told me to do from the Word? I want you to take out your communion cup. I'll challenge you in this last passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. It says, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup after the supper, said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Everyone say Jesus died. Don't ever forget it. The gospel is like a grenade. It don't matter who pulls the pen, it's going to blow up the same. And so if you just tell people Jesus died and rose from the dead for you, it has power. It's like a light switch, don't matter who hits the switch, the light goes on, chases the darkness. Tell people, Jesus died and rose for you. He loves you. And then it says, therefore who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, say unworthy, will be guilty of the blood and body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let every man examine himself, so let let him eat the bread and drink of the cup. In other words, when we take this, we want to say, Lord, Man, if there's anything wrong in my heart, I want to make sure I'm right with you. Because you died that I will be forgiven. We gave you an opportunity to begin to ask Christ to be your Savior. You're good. But if you have never asked Christ to be your Savior, you don't want to take this cup. Because what you're telling God is, God, I recognize you died and rose from the dead, but I reject you and I'm going to mock you by taking communion. This does not save you. This is a, this is a symbol, symbol that you are acknowledging what he has done for you and you are acknowledging that you are... Surrendered to it. And as we talk about giving, hey, if there's any part of your life that ain't right, as you examine yourself, if the Bible said, Lord, I want to get right with you on that. I want to get right. So get right with God on your giving. And here's the thing. Try it for 90 days. Here's my challenge to you. And this is a challenge from the Bible. See if God blesses you. God said, test me. I didn't say that. God said, test me. It's the only time in the Bible he says, test me. And then watch what happens. I can't tell you how many people throughout my life, you won't believe what God did. I said, yes, I will. I sainted it. I sainted it. (laughs) Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for dying. Thank you for being crucified for us. We take this bread acknowledging that your body was beaten and murdered. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, without your sinless blood shed on the cross, where would we be? You didn't give 10% of your life. You gave 100%. And what you're asking for us is so small. But the blessings are so big. So we pray your forgiveness. We acknowledge that you are our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. And I pray now for the people who need prayer as the campuses break off, that you would minister to our hearts. There's so many people who gave their life to you. And I pray that you prepare them for the new life that you have for them. And I also pray for the people who are considering their finances, that they would say be honest with you and honest with themselves. And surrender to you what's rightfully yours. And watch you bless what you have given them to enjoy. In Jesus' name, amen.